that this morning. You know a God like that this morning it can't be stopped, can't be shaped, will not change, and He is for you this morning. Let's bow our heads and speak to Him. Great and mighty God. Not something that can be made with hands, some little totem, some little idol, something that can be substituted for the real and living God. Lord, we speak to you, Lord God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the great Elohim. You are God, Lord. Not some man-made idea, not some creed, not some dogma, not some lie out of hell. But you are truth, Lord God, and you vindicate your truth. You always bring your truth to pass because you truly are God. And, Lord, there is none like thee, Lord. Many of us here this morning, Lord, have a testimony that we looked for other things to fill that void, to fill that thing in our life that, that belongs solely to you and looked and sought for many other things, but we've not found none like you, Lord Jesus. None brings a peace, none brings a joy, none brings a, a, a life-changing moment, Lord, like you, Lord. What a mighty God you are, Lord. How great you are in your people, Lord. Lord, I appreciate you so much for inhabiting our praise this morning. Lord, for once again showing you that, that you are present, that you are real, that you are here right now, that you care about what goes on in our life, that you care about what goes on in this service, Lord. We're so thankful to you, Jesus. We appreciate you this morning, Lord. I pray that as your word comes forth, that a faith can rise up in your people, Lord. That our eyes can become clearer. That our ears can become more unstopped, Lord. That we can hear your voice speaking right now. We believe with all our hearts that one word from you will change us, Lord. We don't just get one word, Lord. We've got a whole book. We get a whole life. We get a whole experience. We get a relationship and a communion with the God that walks inside of us. Oh, how we give you praise this morning, Lord. We worship you with our whole hearts, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being so wonderful, so precious, so loving, and so kind to your people. We love you, Lord Jesus. We appreciate you, Lord Jesus, and surrender all that we are to your will and to your way. In your holy and most beautiful and precious name I've ever prayed, the Lord Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you love him this morning? And if you said no, I'd have to ask, how could you not? How could you not love him this morning? There is none like him. Do you testify of that today? Anybody? There's none like him. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. This isn't something you should be quiet about this morning. If you were to watch a football game or a basketball game, you'd get real excited. You'd get beside yourself, and those things mean nothing. He means everything. What kind of God do you serve today? Some, some dead God, some little thing? No, the one that's real, that's alive, that's standing in your midst this morning. Praise his name. Praise his name. While you're standing, I want to read three different scriptures. I want to start in Hebrews chapter 11. Our title today, for those that are writing it down, is Faith is the Boss. You believe that? If you've read the message, if you understand what God has done in this day, if you believe that God has sent a prophet and God has vindicated him over and over and 
over, and I'm going to run out of time saying over and over 100,000 times what God did there and what God has taken that and is doing for you right now in this day. Hello, anybody. Right now in this day, we're not fellowship on something that was done many years ago. This is the real living God. The eagles gather around that fresh kill, that fresh body word that reveals Son of Man this morning. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now turn over to Luke chapter 10 with me. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. You know where I'm going. Faith is a substance. You believe that this morning? Jesus speaking here. For you you have your Bible that have red letters that show the words of Christ. God is eternal. God's word is a creative. God's word will bring to pass that what he says. Nothing else matters but what his word says. Listen to me now. Luke 10, chapter 10, verse 19. He says, Behold, I give unto you. Raise your hands this morning if that's you this morning. If it's not you, keep your hands in your pocket. This he give unto you. Power. Power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing. Say that with me. Nothing, no thing, no thing shall by any means hurt you. You believe the word of God this morning? Turn to Revelation chapter 3. One more verse before you sit down. Faith comes by the hearing of the word. Nothing else matters but what he says. Nothing else matters but what he says. Now this is the end that we've come through Revelations 2, Revelations 3, the church age. And you have that, the, the prophet would tell you that, that every promise, every reward it was given to each age carries over the next. This reward for them, it carries the next because God's building something. He's building something. It was a wide base there at Ephesus. A wide base, the foundation of faith to be built on. But now it's a pyramid. It's come up to a point. You're standing now on that point. But one of our last verses we want to read to you today, those two verses, verse 21. To him that overcometh, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. In my throne, even as I also overcome and am set down with my father in his throne. And then verse 22, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto you. I'm not changing the word. You're the church of the living God. You're the church of the living God this morning. He says this to you. You may be seated this morning. God bless you, each one. Appreciate you coming out to, to hear the word of the Lord. I don't believe you're here to see me or anything that I've got to say. I believe that you also come expecting to see the living God speak to you in your moment this morning. This isn't just kind of ordinary thing. We're not here for a social club. We're not gathered to swap stories or any tip. No, we're here to, to fellowship around this body word. This body word, and, and we sang that song earlier, there's never been a day like this day. And even as a kid growing up, you know, you just, you kind of things get become real common to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you got to understand this morning, the word that's available to you right now that was revealed behind those seals is something every prophet of old would have given everything in their life to have you of. Would have given everything in their life. You talking about a prize. You talking about a treasure this morning. Something they'd have given everything to be able to have access to what's been here before the foundation of the world. Don't let it become common to you. Don't let God have sent a prophet in your day and let that become common to you. 
This is very real. God is bringing his word to pass in your very flesh. In your very flesh. We say this all the time, how that, that it's got to be a very personal relationship. This isn't as word made flesh as a body of believers. God has a, a blessing for this body of believers. And we can testify, testify the blessings God's done for this body of believers. But it's an individual walk. Individual walk with you, with the Lord. It doesn't help you for my walk with the Lord or your neighbor's walk with you. You've got to have a fresh experience walking with him daily. This isn't something that happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You need a daily, fresh walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have that this morning, you're backslidden. You hear me now? You're backslidden. And if there's something in your life that is letting you stay that way, then you need to say, God, help me put it on the altar fire and burn it down. Absolutely burn it down. I want a fresh, real experience with the Holy Ghost like I've never had before. Many times the Bible talks about, makes that statement, we've never walked this way before. You understand that? We've never walked this way before. And, and that, that's a very, very true statement this morning that, that, that no one's ever been here before. No one's ever been right where you're at. No one's had the, the, the access of the word. No one's had a presence in this kind of nearness and realness that's available to you in this way right now. So if you could say, yeah, I've been here before, then I'm telling you, you went stagnant. You went stagnant. Because walking with the Lord, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's not to look backwards. It's not to live back there. It's to keep walking daily, pressing toward that prize. Now, this is built on faith. The Bible has your set up in your, in your walk with the Lord, the statue of a perfect man. It's built, and we spend a lot of time on the foundations of faith. And as a carpenter, I, I tell you a lot that, that how important that a foundation is. That, that it might would look okay uh, if you've got certain amount of concrete, certain amount of rebar, certain amount of ground compaction. You know, thoroughly, you know, it's, it's interesting how God designs wind and how he makes a tree stronger. The wind comes in and hits that tree, and it looks like it would knock the tree over. But what in fact happens is the roots go deeper. They grab deeper. They get a hold of something. Where every time the wind comes back, it's moving, but it's still on its feet. It's grabbing, it's getting stronger, and it's going up. That's the same thing with this foundation is. That is so compacted and stout where if you weren't built in such a way that the higher you get up, the more you start to tip and tip and topple and then you're on your face. But you want to be thoroughly planted in the word. You want to have a good revelation of what God has. Now what's available, like I said, that God has sent a prophet in your day, what God has revealed in your day does not help you if you don't believe it. It don't help you. I know many people that have an intellectual understanding of the word of the day, of the revelation of the eye, that the Lord Jesus is here, that the shout, the symbol of the shout has happened, that the second coming has happened, that the hour, half hour of silence is over, and you're living in the presence of the Son, in the ripening of the Son, and the Son of Righteousness has risen with healing in his wings. They have this as an intellectual understanding, but their lives are miserable. It don't help you. This was not given just for it to stay right here. It was given to anchor right here and to put it to work in your daily life. Put it to work in your daily life and let it change you. You can't say, well, I'm going to sit on my couch and, and I'm just going to believe this. No, 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 you got to get up on your feet. You got to get up on your feet. You got to walk with the Lord daily. You got to feast on that word daily. You cannot let it become cold and stagnant and formal. You got to believe it. You got to put it to work this morning. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty, I, I say that all the time because I, the more and more I see him, the more and more mighty I realize he is. The more and more mighty I realize he is. I had no idea 20 years ago just how powerful he was. 
Yes, you hear about Genesis 1-1 as he created the heavens and the sun. But when it gets in your life and you start seeing supernatural miracles in your life, things get very, very real. It's different when it's on paper. It's different when it's a hypothesis. It's different when it's a thought or an idea. But once it becomes real in your very flesh, everything changes. Everything changes. As the Lord has been dealing with me in this area in the last few weeks and different things that he's, that he's let me see and been ministering to me personally on, I don't know if I shared with some of you after we preached here Sunday, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And then on Wednesday night, awake, awake, arise out of thy sleep. It, just there Sunday, I, I went home and I took a nap. And when I woke up on my bed, that quote out of the rising of the sun kept going over and over and over my mind that the full maturity of the word has come back again. The full maturity of the word has come back again. Now, let that sink in just a minute. Let it harden in your heart. Let it, let it just get really good and concrete. You realize what that means. That the full maturity of the creator of all time and space is here now and available for you. He made himself available for you. Now, it had been my thought. I, I didn't, wasn't prepared enough for this. I wish it had been. I wanted to get, um, get a, a little bit of paper passed out to each one of you and give each one of you a pen. That way you could take it and write your name at the top of it and date it for this day. And let's go ahead and put the time on it, being 12 till 11, whatever it was. And you take right now one need in your life and you write on that piece of paper that you have a need of right now on that piece of paper if you were to write that down date it sign it and come back next week and look at it again come back next month and what's what God's done done for it it's easy to get lost and, and just get you you kind of forget and and you don't you things get just kind of as you keep moving and moving it's hard to but the Bible says don't forget about the benefits of the Lord think about those blessings think about his mercy look what God has done for you Look what God has done for you. See, that's the way we overcome is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Come on. Blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We just read that to you out of Revelation 3, to him that overcome. Anybody in this morning want to overcome? You want to overcome not just sin, not just Satan, but you want to overcome your own flesh and any weakness and any impurities, any dross, any weight that does so easily beset you that will pull you out of his presence and his light shining through you. Anybody want to overcome that this morning? I want to overcome that this morning. I want all of Sam Parker gone. I want him dead. I want him gone to where all you see is the living Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I want this morning. That's how I want to overcome. That's what I want this morning. It's just my desire. The way you overcome is through the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. Now that blood will not come upon Something that's not been, not been foreordained. He won't put that upon something that's not been in him to begin with. You understand that this morning. If we were to jump into Revelation chapter 1 where he said he has loosed you and washed you in his own blood. You believe that you this morning? You believe that that's that you? You're that you that it speaks of? That he has loosed you and washed you in his own? Do you really believe that? Honestly, come on now. Don't get quiet. Do you honestly believe that that's you this morning? That he did that before the foundation of the world. That he wrote your name down. What kind of people would you be this morning if you really believe that? Would you be discouraged? Will you be depressed? Well, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I come from. But don't forget, faith comes by the hearing of the word. And there's never been a word available like in our day. Never been a light that shines this bright as in our day. Never been. 
Jesus says there's a parable, uh, how can you take a light and hide it under a bushel? That a city set upon a hill, it cannot be hid. You understand, it can be seen. So we talked about uh, you looking at your life and the blessings and things that God has done for you in your life. And you can see if maybe you get common to it or you forget many others that maybe were there when it happened. Like something changed. Something changed. You think about just the healings that have happened in this room alone. The deliverances that has happened in this room alone. Every service before we start, we always ask the Lord to bless this room. We ask God to bless this, this building. We ask Him to bless the walls, to bless the floor, to bless the chairs, to bless every part of this room. That way, everything in this room, we've taken our hearts, we've taken our souls, we've taken our lives, our memories, our every part of us, and we have consecrated it and dedicated it to His presence for this morning. Now, as you're sitting here, each one of us come in through those doors and you walk in and you're walking through all of this in the world and all the things that Satan throws at you, every trap, every deceitfulness of rich, every riches, all that nonsense, and you come in out of that place into this room, you should notice a change just like that. Now, many times you've got your heart and your mind and your life and your eyes so fixed on the fire, so fixed on the waves, so fixed on the test or the trial that you sometimes might walk in and take you a while sitting down before you realize what you just walked into. Imagine if in years past as they would move that tabernacle in the wilderness. You had the outer court, the inner court, the, that, that holy of holies where that Shekinah glory would literally make a dead stick come to life and make it bear fruit. Now, can you imagine walking back up on that same property after they moved that temple, after they moved that tabernacle, that tent in the wilderness? Can you imagine? Do you think right now this morning I could take the rest of the service and read to you what God did in that room, in that square footage on this earth, and you tell me if you yourself in your current walk with the Lord, if you were to walk upon that square footage, would you see something different? Would you notice something? Would you be aware? Wait a minute. Would you maybe be able to see the line of it? And, oh, my goodness, it looks like there must have been a wall. Something different right here. I'm not, come on now, I'm talking Bible to you. This is the truth. This is the word of God. That anointing of the Lord, it does something to physical things. It does something to physical things. Don't make me read to you out of 2 Kings where Elisha had died. And years later, that those bones were still so saturated with those quickening power, they chunked a dead man on top of the dead bones, and he chased them down. This is your Bible. This is your, this is your God. This is your Lord Jesus that does this. It's that same quickening, eternal life, Zoe power of God that's supposed to be in you right now. Changing the square footage. Is it changing your square footage this morning? Is the word of God changing the square footage of your heart, of your life? Is it coming out of you and now taking over your house? Is it saturating the walls of your house? Is it sanctifying and consecrating for his purpose and for his will? Not some silly thing, not some useless thing, but to be a place where the Most High is pleased to dwell in. Well, that's just supposed to be this flesh. No, I want him everywhere. I want him everywhere I can put him. I want him to have complete control everywhere I can put him this morning. Can you believe that? Can you believe that this morning? Like I said, it's by faith. If you don't believe what God has done in your day, it doesn't benefit you, these words that I'm sharing with you, these promises. You might be sitting here this morning and not really believe that God sent a prophet. 
You might not really believe what God has done in this day because Satan has got a full court press trying to get you to discourage it, trying to get you to deny it, anything he can to pull you away from the living truth and what God's done in your day. Satan is okay with you thinking God was back then. He's okay with that. He's okay with you thinking God was in the future on the day of judgment. He's okay with that. But don't you dare start thinking he's a God right now. Don't you dare believe that he's come off the pages of that Bible and is moving in your life. right? Don't you dare believe that all hell is against you. But let me tell you something this morning. All hell ain't enough. It ain't enough. The Bible says that he said, though, that comes in like a flood. Though it would come in like a flood, and, and if you looked at all the extra millions on top of millions of demons that have been released in this day, it still ain't enough. Ain't enough. Satan's still defeated, and every demon in hell is defeated. Defeated. Absolutely defeated. Absolutely defeated. I want to read to you again that out of 1 John 3 that we quoted to you on, uh, I think it was Wednesday night. He that committeth sin is of the devil. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the, sin, the devil sinneth from the beginning. The devil sinneth from the beginning. He's always disbelieved. Sin is to miss the mark. It's unbelief. Sin is unbelief, and unbelief means to, sin means to miss the mark. You've aimed at something. You were going a certain way, and Satan just moves you over till you walk right by the tree of life. That sound familiar? Over in the garden, don't go to that tree, come to my tree. Don't go to that tree of life. Come to my tree of knowledge of good and evil. Come to my reasonings. Come into my, my ideas and thoughts and ideas and man-made creeds and all these denominations and dogmas and things that pull you away from the path of life. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Sin, like I said, missed the mark. For this purpose, this is what I love out of this, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Let that sink in. The Son of God was manifested. And I'll stop right there and remind you what a vindicated prophet of your day has said. That every scripture that speaks of your groom speaks of you. You with me this morning? Every scripture that speaks of your husband speaks of his wife. That's you. So if he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil, guess what you were manifested for? destroy not negotiate with not to put up with not to well we're neighbors and we were no 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 destroy put it down like a rabid dog defeat it well he's too big for me I don't dispute that there ain't nobody too big for him nobody too big for him there's nothing he can't do with men this is impossible but with your God your Elohim your Lord Jesus Christ all things are possible you got to believe that this morning. Faith takes control. Faith takes control. Now, faith has got to be anchored into something this morning. It can't just be, like I said, put into some creed or some idea or some lie of the devil. That Jesus makes that statement in the Bible and all that, that the Pharisees have done. And they, they, they now they want to look back at the prophets and they want to talk about, oh, those were great things that all that God did them for. But their own very fathers are the one that killed their prophets. And now they want to wipe the tombs of the sepulchre of the, of the prophets. But it, that scripture says you, you basically approve what they did. Telling the Pharisees, you approve of what your fathers did when they killed the prophets of God. You approve of it. You actually approve of it. And they did the same thing there to the Lord Jesus Christ. Calling him Beelzebub. They call me, you're a liar. They say, you're out of hell. All this nonsense. 
What do you say this morning? Who do you say that he is this morning? Who do you say that he is this morning? Other message, perfect faith, 1963, but the Ram said it takes love. And faith and love is relational. Because you can't have faith unless you got love. Because your faith is in a God who's the very essence of love. Faith and love work together. Faith and love work together. You believe that this morning? See, faith is also revelation. Revelation does not originate in this dimension. Revelation originates in that dimension. He asked the, the disciples, who do you say that I am? He said, who do they say that I am? They say they think you're Jeremiah. They think you're Elias. They think you're all these different things. Maybe John the Baptist resurrected. They said, we think they think you're other. But who do you say? He pointed right at them. Who do you say? And that revelation sprung up in Peter's heart. And he said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what does the Lord Jesus tell him? He said, Peter, Simon of Barjon, he said, this, this, this that you have. He said, this is not given to you by man. This isn't given to you by a commandment or vain tradition. This is given to you by your Father which is in heaven. This revelation. And then he says, about revelation, he said, upon this rock of revelation, not upon Peter the man, but upon the revelation that was in that man's heart, he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And this ain't some church of God, church of Christ, Catholic church. No, no, the living assembly of the living God. The living assembly. <clears throat> Maybe you need to hear this this morning, is that your God reigns. We were singing down there, and we got to go to the meetings there in Dallas, and they were absolutely wonderful. Met a lot of wonderful brothers and sisters that I've not met before. And other brothers that have just come into the message in the last few years, and to see their love and their, just with all their heart, coming in and accepting it, and seeing other believers that have been believers for 30 and 40 years, it's just wonderful. i said this many times, I want to meet as many of my brothers and sisters on this side as possible. I want to meet as many as possible on this side. And that's why I travel. That's why we go look for all these other meetings. I want to meet as many as my brothers and sisters as humanly possible. Now, in the meetings, they were singing that song, Our God Reigns. And I got to thinking about that. And you know, you know it's not the old hymn that says, you know, how lovely on the mountain are the feet of them that bring good news. You remember the old song? Then it simply says, Our God Reigns. Our God Reigns. I got to thinking about that. Right there where the church is, it's not, it's not necessarily, it being in, in Bedford, it's not necessarily a bad part of town, but if you were to go much back to the east, you'd get into some bad parts of Dallas. I, thinking about years ago, working in Memphis, and Memphis would be considered a pretty bad place to work. Different places off South 3rd and Orange Mound and, and different poor parts of town, there's a lot of, lot of bad things go on there where most people won't go down there, much less at night, they just won't go down there. But do you realize that if you have a revelation of that three-letter word, three-letter statement, our God reigns. You could walk through the worst parts of this planet with just no fear in your heart. No fear. What's Well, no, that's just foolishness. You could get shot. You could get stabbed. You could get killed. You could, get, you could have a plane drop on you right here. There could be a plane flying over. It could crash and land on this building right now if God allowed it. If you were driving home, you could, you could have a deer jump out in front of you. Anything else, you could fall off into a ditch, crash, burn up, and blow up, and die. Any single thing. Why do you not worry about that? But you'll worry about it when you walk through the face of the fire. But your God reigns. You've got to believe that he's in control this morning. You've got to believe that he is all power and none can stay his hand. You've got to believe his promises to you. See, it'd be easy to think, well, yeah, I can see that God would do that for someone else, but will he do it for me? 
Will he protect me like that? Will he keep me like that? Will he take his left hand of love and wrap around me and pull me that close where I'm that safe beside him? Do you believe that this morning? He reigns. No one else does. Don't let Satan fool you. You got this nonsense of these elections going on. It's just nonsense. It's lies of the devil. It's been bought and paid for way before they ever had time for their actual voting date. It's a lie of the devil. You cannot be a Democrat. You cannot be a Republican and call yourself a Christian. Not possible. They're both corrupt. They're both evil. You had a prophet stand this day said this country's gone. It is prophesied to fall. They will take the mark of the beast. Most of them already have. Most of them already have. It is prophesied to fall. You disagree with me? You want to stay here another thousand years? You want to live here another thousand years in this nonsense, in this life? You're not from here. I'm not from here. Satan has had his way. God took 6,000 years. He made his Eden. He's now given Satan 6,000 years to make his Eden. It's getting as bad as it's going to get. It's going to get worse. You believe that? It will get worse. It doesn't matter if you take an Abraham Lincoln or George Washington and put them into every seat of government all over this planet. It does not matter. The hearts of the people are gone. They're just given over to this world and the lie of the enemy. There are good people left. I'm not disputing that. But the majority is gone. Maybe if you had a few trillion dollars, you could buy you some elections. If you cared about that. But we're not from here. I'm not from here. Well, if I don't do this, my life will get better. Again, who reigns? Who is in control? Come on now. Who's in control? Well, my governor, my mayor. No, they're not. God sets up one, he sets down another. He sets up one, he sets down another. I figure if you're going to vote, you better vote for the worst one out there. Find the worst Ahab, the worst Jezebel you can find. Let's get this thing done. Come on now. Let's get this thing done. Let's get out of here. I'm not from here. Maybe your God don't reign this morning. See, Paul said we're an ambassador of a world to come. We're not from here. We've had a promise. We're not from here. Don't get quiet on me now. We're not from here. Maybe you like that. Maybe you want to stay here. Maybe you want to have a place in this world, but I'm not from here. Absolutely not. I'm from a place that cannot be corrupted. I'm a place there, there, that, that silver and gold, none of that stuff matters. There's no deceitfulness of riches. Well, I must have this. I must have, no, that's a lie of the devil. My God, we said that earlier, my Jehovah Jireh provides for all of my needs. Well, maybe you need a better job. No, no, no. I've got my Jehovah Jireh. He provides for all of my needs. I should get a screaming hallelujah. That my Jehovah Jireh provideth all of my needs. Spend the rest of the day testifying to you of what he's done for me. Provided for, created jobs out of nothing. Nothing. No one needing work. None of those. And then all of a sudden we get a phone call on a number that just come into existence that no one else had. You tell me God ain't real? You tell me God won't meet your need this morning? You don't know who we serve. You don't know who you serve. God reigns. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like him. There's none beside him. He is all power. So you worried about losing your job tomorrow? That should be a no. You worried about losing your house tomorrow? That should be a no. You worried about losing your health tomorrow? That should be a no. My God reigns. My God reigns. 
if something does happen, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll still serve him. If I fall down, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll still serve him. If I lose my health, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll still serve him. If I lose my job, if I lose my house, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll still serve him. Job told his wife, you speak like a foolish woman. Absolutely like a foolish woman. Curse God and die. You don't know who God is. You don't even know who God is. Curse him and die. You speak like a foolish woman. He's the only one that can change any circumstance, any time, any place, anywhere. He does what he wants. He does what he wants. Our testimony. Our testimony. Presley was going to share a testimony to us today. Was going to do Wednesday night, but she didn't. So I'll share it for you. We have a testimony, a, a prayer request on the board for her back. That she has a scoliosis. Had, had a scoliosis in her back. She come up for prayer for the Labor Day meetings. We stood right there and prayed for her. You could feel God touching. You could feel God touching. God changed her right then and there. Well, maybe I should go get a doctor's report. I don't care what the doctor's report says. I don't care if it comes back and says it's worse. His word said it's done, that it's healed. His word said I sent my word and healed all of your diseases. Nothing else matters. I don't care what a doctor says. He's looking at a book. He's looking at textbooks, college education, all those things, and it changes daily. They don't understand the creator. They don't understand the creator. They can say, well, in times past, this happened, then this happened. It precipitated this event here, and then this happened. But now something else is completely different. We don't understand what changed. The creator made a change. Made a change. I shared that to the WhatsApp group when we was on our way to, to Tennessee uh, a couple weeks ago. That was just out of the, uh, the Zuzu Street meetings. We read to you out of Revelation chapter 3. That was the Laodicean in church days, that Pentecostal movement, what God did. William Seymour, as far as God moving in his heart, if you anybody listen to that testimony, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. This is the light of another day, of another day. We're not sitting, I'm not preaching to you out of Laodicea this morning. I'm preaching to you out of the bright age this morning where God is himself come down, revealed his word, not up and down, up and down, up and down. He's here, but he's going, he's here, but he's coming. No, 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 he's here. He's here. He's here right now. He's not going until he takes you with him. Not going until he takes you with him. In this testimony, again, of the, the reward and the promise of even other days as God has brought it to this moment right now in this place. He said in that that William Seymour, he had a burden on his heart. He wanted God to do something. And he's already praying five hours every single day. Five hours every single day. God, what can I do to have more of you? What can I do to get a, a revival to come to my, what can I do? Pray seven hours. How many just fainted in their hearts? Well, in your flesh. Flesh is weak, but the spirit's willing. Jesus had the same thing. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. You got to let the spirit take control. Seven hours. Seven hours. Seven hours. God moved in such a way when he did that. God led him to another town and walks up to a certain building and goes up here, goes to the second floor, whatever it was, knock on this door. And in that door where I think five, six women have been praying that God sent a revival. God sent a revival. God sent a revival. And they're in there praying on their knees. God sent a revival. All of a sudden, opens up. I'm the one you're praying for. 
And it started in a little apartment right there in California, and God did what he did. If, if you heard the testimony of what God did, they, the firemen in that big tent, where it said that the firemen were continuously called because they would see a flame of fire out the top of the tent and another flame of fire coming down from heaven. And they would call the firemen, come put this fire out. They go out, how are we going to put that fire out? How are we going to put that fire out? That can't be done. So they had different brothers with different, we were fellowship with some other brothers this weekend about that. Different brothers with different gifts, with different measures of faith, the way that God would have something something on her heart. Where that, For example, the, the prophet, the Lord, the Lord did for the prophet about a cross-eyed child. Sharon Rose died in such tuberculosis pain that her eyes crossed in pain. They crossed and that's how she suffered and died. Brother Bram said that there was not one cross-eyed child that would come before him that he wouldn't even pray for him. Wouldn't even pray for them. Take them and turn around the audience. Some of the people. God touched her right then. God honored that faith every time right then because of what he went through. Every single time God healed another child because of what he went through because he wouldn't do what God said. Every single time because he wouldn't surrender at that moment. But he did surrender. And give you hope for your life. Different measures of faith. They were talking about those that had such a, 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 a heart and a burden for the blind. That it wouldn't be one person that would come and be blind. This people, however many were, they'd walk up and they'd pray for that person and they'd have their sight before they leave. That either had those that they had a faith for praying for the deaf that couldn't hear, they would walk over, they would pray for them, and they would have their hearing before they'd leave. There'd be many others that would come in in wheelchairs and crippled. There was this one particular person that every time they'd come in, they before they prayed, they'd walk over and they'd flip up the flaps of the wheelchair. Every single time. Let me get those for you real quick. You're about to need to stand up. Every single time they get up and walk out. Every single time they get up and walk out. There was one man that comes in, had his arm torn off in a farming accident, I think it was. They started praying for him. And before their eyes, they watched a bone grow back. They watched muscle system grow back. They watched skin grow back. And he walked out raising his arm. This isn't the light of that day. What's available now is so much more powerful. So much more powerful. You are turned back to the full maturity of the word. And if this can be done in a day gone past, in the light, what little light was that day? You are standing here this morning, sitting here this morning, and the day star, the one that lit that sun, is in your heart right now. He's risen with healing in his wings for you right now. So what's available to you right now? Ask him for it. Call it out. Call it out. Ask him for it. He said, I will withhold no good thing from you. You believe his word this morning? I will withhold no good thing from you. Well, maybe my thoughts are this. I mean, no, no, you surrender your life to God. Then you ask. I surrender my life to God. Lord, if this is something that's going to ask amiss, Lord, I'm going to ask you, Lord, this is my prayer request. This is my heart. This is what I want, Lord. This is what I'm crying out for you. I've told you many times that there's nothing good about you, not one good thing about you except him. So you think about someone you love and that you're praying for and this desire in your heart. If it's a good desire, if it's a good will of the Lord and it's his will for your life, this didn't come from you. It come from him loving them through you. Well, I don't know if maybe they are. No, no. He's loving them through you. He's loving them through you. What a mighty God. What an absolutely mighty God. What a mighty God. I'm going to read this to you. Out of the message, the uniting time and sign. This is paragraph 103, Charity. 
the uniting time and sign. Just to kind of catch you up, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you've accepted that marriage covenant, then you're standing here this morning married to Elohim, the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe me this morning? That if you've done that, if you've accepted him, if your heart has said, I accept, I accept that marriage covenant. I, I, I believe what he has for me. I believe that he is mine and I am his. I believe that my maker is my husband. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. The uniting time inside, he said, what a day. What a day. What a time that we're living. This great mystery of God being finished. Bringing in the Godhead. Bringing in the Godhead, showing what it is, how these little isms and, and went off and made him this, or somebody made him this, somebody made him that. But the angel of the Lord came down and brought up all the isms and pulled the truth out of it and presented it. And there it is, just as perfect as it can be. No other way you could go. There it is. That's what he is. That's what he is. You know, the prophet said that, that if, if someone could see serpent seed and Godhead, they'll say many things. If you can see serpent seed and Godhead, you know, it's, a, it's amazing. It's all through the scripture. It's all through the scripture. But Satan has had marvelous success tearing down the truth of God into the minds of the people. He's had marvelous success. Well, maybe it was an apricot. Maybe it was this. He said about that they've said it's maybe a fruit that God hid away and, and it's gone. It, no, no, no. It was sex. It was sex. It was lust of the flesh. It was sex. And that's what brought on that, that illegitimate relationship, that, that hybrid eyes, that perverted relationship is what it was. But once you see that, it's nothing but the truth. And a believer will say, I believe that. Once you see who he is. I, I shared that with you. got your testimony. That's fine with a, a, a fellow I've been working with for a while. And we got on, the, on a serpent seat. He had a question about something. And it just, it just on my heart, we just started talking about it. He didn't tell me about his question until we was into it an hour and a half. And I was just sharing with him about the truth of serpent seed and things like that. And he said, that makes perfect sense. I, I've always wondered how this was this and this. That never made sense to me. How the, but the Bible can say that they're a natural brute beast that have been made to be taken and destroyed. It doesn't make sense how Esau was this way. It doesn't, it doesn't, things don't make sense, but it was a hybridizing of the seed. So after that amount of time talking about that, he said, I, I believe that. I believe that. And I told him, I said, if we had more time, I could tell you who God is. He said, I got time right now. I got time right now. Tell me. This man was raised Catholic. He said, I got time right now. Tell me who the Lord Jesus is. And you share that with him, how that most people, and it's amazing. I was hearing a guy in Texas. Test, he was born and raised in California. He was testifying to another brother yesterday how that all my life, again, all my life, I thought God was mad at me, but Jesus loved me. A guy never heard me before, didn't know me, is testifying beside me to someone else that he thought the same thing. This Satan has done this to everyone. God is this, but he's not this. He's this, but he's not this. No, 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 no. God is real. I read that to you when tonight, that Satan believes in him most of the time more than you do. He knows God is true more than most of the times that we do. Because he's out to you all the time to put all this nonsense on you where you can't see the truth. But he's defeated Always going to be defeated. Nothing but a puny little defeated devil. Nothing but. Nothing but. Paragraph 104, he said, what did he say in Malachi 4? He said he would restore. He would restore back the original Pentecostal faith. Back to the day of Pentecost now. Not, not uh, tongues of speaking in tongues is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Not running a jumping shout is evidence. No, the evidence of the Holy Ghost is being able to receive the revealed word of your day. 
Come on. The evidence of the Holy Ghost to be able to receive the revealed word of your day. Peter would say like this, walking in the present truth. He didn't say, well, we're going to believe Moses' day. One day that God's going to send a Noah. He's going to build an ark. We're going to one of these days. He's going to bring the children out of it. No, no. Walking the present truth of your day. You're not even talking about right now. Being in Paul's day, we're not talking about Irenaeus's or Columbus or Luther's or Wesley's. We're talking about your day, the bright age, where it's available right now, where the full restoration has come to the body. The head has come to the body. You're the body of Christ. Your members in particular, the headstone, come down. Come on. He's come down. And Zechariah would say he's crying, grace, grace. But I'm in the flesh. I struggle. I have these mistakes. No, no. Grace, grace. Grace, grace. He said, restore back the original Pentecostal faith, back to the people with the same Pentecostal message, same Pentecostal sign, same Pentecostal evidence, the same God, the same power, the same teaching. The Bible says signs and wonders will follow those that believe. The signs and the wonders will follow many, those that believe. That's what the Bible says. Now, many preachers have stood behind pulpits and told people, well, that was this for the apostles. Just for the day gone by, that when they shut the back book of the Bible, that was done. You're not required for that. No, no, you're required of that. Well, I'm a believer. Prove it. Your life will testify. Nothing you can manufacture, nothing you can press out, none of that nonsense. No, no, no. It will, fruits. You'll bear fruit. You, if you're sitting in that same presence of that same Shekinah glory that brought that dead stick to life and it bore figs, if you're in that same presence, you, this flesh, will bear the fruits of Christ. Come on. Bear the fruits of Christ. And the Bible said, which every other man's word is a lie and God's word is true, he said signs and wonders will follow them that believe. If they're not, you might not be believing. Well, I do. I do this. I believe that. No. Fruit. Fruit's going to prove. Fruit's going to prove. If you're an apple tree telling people you're a cherry tree and they look at the fruit, well, you're not a cherry tree. You're, fruit's going to prove it. See, God hid in simplicity. God hid in simplicity. The Lord Jesus said, I thank you, Father. You've hid these things in the eyes of wise and prudent, revealing such as the babies would learn. And the Bible didn't just say, well, you know, you just got you're just kind of you know, kicking the sand around. No, the Bible said he rejoiced. He, your Lord, your King, your husband would jumping up and down. I thank you, Father. You've hid these things in the eyes of why. See, you, you, that'd be you this morning. That'd be you. Hear me? That's you this morning. You believe this? You believe this? That means your Father has revealed it to you. That means that He took time out of His day to put that in your heart. You still wonder if you're predestinated or not? No, you're His. You've always been his. Always been his. Same God. Same power. Everything exactly with a vindication of the same pillar of fire that struck Saul down the road, down to Damascus, is among us today. Doing the same things he did in that day. Uniting. Uniting. Now, there's been many other great preachers that come along. John G. Lake. Uh, these other different guys that have run out of time trying to tell things that God, man, you, God used their lives. God used their lives, started a lot of great revivals in this country, but not one like William Branham. Not one had a pillar of fire with him night after night after night. Not one ever photographed and vindicated by an FBI authenticator of specific documents. Not one. You understand me tonight? Benny Hinn's had success. 
Or Roberts had success. Um, you know, all these other, Billy Graham, they had success, but not one of them was like William Brown, the prophet of your day, your prophet. Not one. He was the Eliezer to the bride. Not one like him. I'm just reminding you, a lot of these are things you've heard all your life. This is the truth. You're not common. You're not ordinary. You're his. And he sent him for you. He sent him for you. This message, this truth, what God has done, that same pillar of fire. You believe that this morning? That same pillar of fire. You really believe that? That if what I'm reading to you is thus saith the Lord, that same pillar of fire that was photographed, and again, we don't have it, a, a picture up here. When we get our church, we will. That pillar of fire over his head. That was authenticated by the FBI. That's the same pillar of fire that caught Saul on the road to Damascus. That's the same pillar of fire that led the children of Israel to the wilderness. That's the same pillar of fire. Because Hebrews 13 8 is true. Come on now. It's true. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. He's still the same. Same pillar of fire. You realize that if you're believing that same thing, if that same Lord Jesus is moving in your heart right now, that same pillar of fire is right now in this room. You believe that? You really believe that? That God is still the same. That if he did it then, he'll do it right now if you believe it. What can happen this morning? What could happen this morning if you really believe that this morning? What could happen? He said we see the nations uniting. We see the world uniting. We see the churches uniting. We see the bride uniting with the word. I was speaking to a lady the other day that was been, she's 87 and she's Catholic her whole life. But <coughs> she was sharing with me how that, uh, she was asking me what I was. I told, she thought I was Mennonite. I told her what I believed about the message and what God has done. And, and, and she was asking me about, um, she was telling me about how that, I believe that, and I've, it's interesting because I've heard Brother Bram say the same thing, you know, years ago. And here a Catholic now is telling me the same thing he said back then. I believe that, you know, we're coming to a time where we're all come back together. All these other religions, you have your, your Catholic, your Pentecostal, your, your, uh, your Lutheran, your Methodist, I'll run out of time. Baptists, all they come back together, that great whore, and you'll pull it right back. Your Mormons, it's part of that great whore. It's all part of that same denominational lie of the devil. Pull you all right back up to it. And she's sitting here telling me this. And I'm thinking, my goodness, I, I, I've never had anybody tell me that. I've heard the prophets say that, that that's what they want, that's what they believe. It's called an ecumenical move. They, well, you, you, have, you disagree? Yes, well, let's come together. We all worship the same God. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't believe the Bible if you believe that. You must worship him in spirit and in truth. You cannot worship him just in truth. You cannot worship him just in spirit. You must have spirit and truth. Faith and love is relation. Remember that. Faith and love is relation. Faith is a revelation. It is a revelation because you've got to know who you worship this morning. You must know who he is. He said we see the bride uniting with the word. The word is God. You believe that this morning. And as the bridegroom being the word and the bride being the hearer of the word. So you're not called to just be a hearer this morning. You're also called to be a doer of the word. You agree? That puts you in the wheelbarrow again. That makes it in your court. That puts the ball in your court. I must believe. I must believe. My life must be changed. He said, being the hearer of the word, they come together in a union. The wedding happens here. The wedding supper happens there. The, 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 the engagement happened before the foundation of the world. So again, are you predestinated or not? It happened before. He, the prophet said in Bisman Union that he slipped that unmerited, predestinated ring upon your finger before the foundation of the world. 
speaking to a brother this weekend about the seals that were upon the book. And he was talking about how the seals were, no, you, you got to understand, the seals were on the back part of the book. He was trying to, he was thinking that the, the book of life and the Lamb's book of life is two different books. It's not, it's one book. It's one book. The Lamb's book of life is the back part of the book, which is interesting because it's a lot like the, 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 the king, the Elohim, the Lord of the Lords. It was in the back part of his mind, the prophet would tell you, before the foundation of the world. And you were in his thoughts. You were that eternal thought of God in his mind before the foundation of the world. He already saw you right now sitting in this room before the foundation of the world. He knew what you were going through this morning, this moment, this exit, right now, sitting before the foundation of the world. He had your name written down in the back part of that book before the foundation of the world your name your name he said they come together in a union they unite like a wedding he said they that the word becomes you and you become the word the word becomes you and you become the word now I, I quote that to you a lot and we sing that song about he became me so that I might become him and it makes sure to notice and to mention that it's by grace it's by grace well, no, I, I did this. No, 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 it's nothing that you've done. It's by His grace. He chose me. He predestinated me. He foreknew me. He elected me. I was His pick before the foundation of the world. So the Word becomes you and you become the Word. And here's what Jesus says about it. He said, at that day you'll know it. You understand that that's, uh, uh, it's a certain, uh, it's, a, it's in the day of the Lord. Let's get this narrowed down. Let's bring this into focus this morning. If you're looking through your, the scope on your rifle and you're looking out so far and you see uh, an image out there and, and maybe if you're not focusing just right, it's one deer, but maybe you see three because it's not focused just right. But as you start to bring it into focus and you start to bring it and, and you're becoming in tune, maybe word it like that, your life, your spirit, your heart, your soul is coming in tune with the Holy Ghost. No different than a radio. If you ever had to try to tune in old AM, FM radio, trying to do it by knob and trying to find just the right spot and you notice that you can hear things sometimes you hear just static sometimes you start getting a little bit of glimpses coming through a little bit of words coming through but once you finally get it lined up and get in tune with him it's crystal clear so it's for each one of you it, not all of us were come to it at the exact same moment but you will come to it you will come to it because your name is written down on the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. Now, we have varying different ages here this morning. Everything from uh, Ella is five months to Brother Glenn is 71. Differing ages, many different walks of life. We have some that were born and raised Catholic. We have some Methodists. We have Baptists. We have uh, uh, Methodists for a while. And, and then come to the message. And, and whatever else that you was in, you was walking in. Primitive Baptist, Pentecostal, all those things. But here you have the coincidental paradox of you sitting in the corner of a small town in the middle of nowhere, Bentley, Kansas, sitting under the revealed word of this day. Of this day. Not of that day. Not of Methodist, Lutheran, Baptist, Pentecostal, Mormon, any of that stuff in there. No, right now, something's coming to focus. Something's coming to tune because he's here. And he's called you by name. He's here. And he's called you by name. Many of you could stand up and testify of where God's moved you from and what you've done. And, and all the things I, I got to thinking about, there, there's a, a, some good friends of mine that, that God has done something very special for. And God has spoken for them. And I got to thinking about what that means just from what I know about it and what that means. It, it means that that person can't die yet. That prophecy that was given on their life, it means they cannot die until what was said comes to pass. And I've told you many times, until God's done with you, you are immortal. You're immortal. 
We have a brother that spent time in Afghanistan and spent in war zone. We have other brothers and sisters, been many other things. Satan has desired to kill you your entire life. We've had testimonies of a tire blowing out. All these different things. Satan tried to kill Brother Hector with COVID. All this nonsense, but he was not successful. Yet here you stand. Yet here you stand. I told you about times God moved me, supernaturally moved me from one place to another place. I was there. I should have fallen, broken my neck. Next thing I know, in a split second, I'm over there watching the tractor flip. I'm just one. All these testimonies. And yet here you are right now. The coincidence of sitting in this room in this moment under this same pillar of fire. Still don't think you're predestinated? I'll keep going. At that day. At that day. See, John was carried forward to the Lord's day. Me and the brother were talking about that yesterday. It's kind of like time travel. John was there on the Isle of Patmos. John was there for the word of the Lord, for the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. They hated the Lord Jesus Christ. They hated that testimony. They were constantly trying to squelch it, trying to, trying to smash it down, trying to tell lies on it nonstop. They're still, that same seed is still doing that today, trying to lie on the truth of God. Yet this man is there. They didn't try to boil him in a kettle of oil. It wouldn't boil. They tried to burn him. In. All these things, it wouldn't work. It just couldn't die. Yet here he is. He's on the island, and God takes him forward into your day. Your day. So you still feel ordinary this morning? You feel still, still feel common? Feel nor- No, you're not normal. You're absolutely not normal. You're the supernatural, predestinated, virtuous, sinless, spotless wife of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're not normal this morning. Is he normal? Because this world is a vanity. It's all vanity. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived outside the Lord Jesus Christ, at the end of the day, at the end of his experience, at the end of all that he learned, he'd been given the spirit of discernment in his life. And many great things were, were, were done through that man. But he said, my testimony is everything is vanity. Everything in this world is vanity. Well, I must have this. I must have kingdoms. I must have cars. I must have clothes. It's all vanity. Uh, Jesus would say it like this. It's called deceivableness of riches. The deceivableness of riches. But again, you're not from here. Your money, your credit card, your checks, they don't translate to there. They don't, they, you understand, they don't mean nothing. They don't, you can't take that with you. You can only take your character that's been tried in the fiery furnace of affliction. That's all you can take. And you can take every other soul God will give you. I, I've done but determined in my heart that I'm going to take as many to heaven with me as I can. Because as many as I can take to heaven with me, I can keep them from Satan taking to hell. As many as I can. Lord, give me as many as you'll give me. Give me one more. Give me one more. Give me one more. Not for me.